Welcome to the Cougar Tailgate, where BYU fandom lives. Here's your host, Lauren McClain. What's up, everyone? Thanks for listening on this beautiful February afternoon. The 2022 Winter Games are upon us, which means hours and hours of watching some of the best athletes in the world compete. There are some powerful athletes, but how about the manpower behind the scenes? BYU TV's senior post-production specialist, Lex Konishi, who is currently in Beijing doing graphics, will join me later in the show. But first, it was National Girls and Women's in Sports Day earlier in the week, and I have the privilege, nay, the pleasure, of chatting with one of the best athletes to come through BYU and to accomplish things no one has done before her. Joining me now is BYU women's soccer midfielder and now a professional for the Orlando Pride, Kayla Coulihan Clough. That is Kayla, <laughs> Michaela. That is a fun name to say. Can I just say yeah. that? Michaela Coulihan Clough. That's a lot of alliteration. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a little tongue twister, huh? <laughs> it is. I love. All right. Well, so speaking of, you got married last month to former BYU baseball player Jackson Clough. How's married life after a month? It's great. Um, it's everything that I would have expected and wanted it to be. So we're doing great, and we're really happy. <laughs> Oh, I'm so glad. And you know he's going to be listening, so you have to say that. Uh, speaking yeah. of Jackson, he, he, Jaron Hall, and Connor Harding, who's married to BYU women's basketball, Paisley Harding, they were tweeting about how they are the second best athletes in their marriages. And I want to know, do you agree with them? Oh, uh, no, I don't agree. They're nice. And they uh, they give us a lot of credit, which is good because they're nice, supportive husbands. But no, I, I don't think that I could honestly say I'm the better athlete. <laughs> Ooh, I don't know about that. And, and I know Jackson is a great athlete, but how many sports have you two competed in since you started dating? So obviously it's not uh, fair to play baseball and it's not fair to play soccer. I know you've played yeah. a little golf. How many other sports have you guys competed in? Literally, I think every sport that you could think of, we've tried to play uh against each other and it's always it's always against each other it's never on the same team so uh we play ping pong all the time we play pickleball we play yeah we golf a lot that's probably the most common one is golf um trying to think what else there is I mean pretty much anything that you can any sport you can think of we've competed against each other in and we we have little tournaments set up all the time so it's a running total (laughs) I'm sure. Oh my gosh. That, that sounds like a fun relationship right there. I love it. And he's a good man. Jackson's a good guy. All right, Michaela, you came back for another year and you made it to the national championship, something that's never been done in BYU history. And you were the one who led the way. How would you describe your final season at BYU? Um, it was, it was definitely a very fun year. Um, I think that it was kind of a year that was unique because we were granted this, this extra season that nobody expected. Like I never expected to play in fall of 2021, you know? So it was like Mm -hmm. this thing that we, we willingly accepted and we all chose to, well, all the seniors at least chose to be a part of when um, we originally didn't have that in our plan. So um, I think that we just took advantage of that because uh, things leading up to it had been different and we had this weird spring season before. Um, I think we were just lucky to have one last final run at it to that was normal and, and that we felt like we had a good team um, set to, to 
compete together in. And um, so I think that with that opportunity came just a lot of gratitude and we took advantage of it by, you know, enjoying everything. We knew it was for real our last, our last year this time. And um, previously Santa Clara had won the national championship, which kind of just put things into perspective for us and showed that a team in our conference that we're very familiar with um, won it. And so it kind of showed that we are definitely capable of the same thing. And so I think we set lofty goals right, right from the beginning. And it was a really fun, fun year. And it was fun to battle with as a team collectively and, and just grow strong and develop these relationships on and off the field. Well, man, well, you guys were the team of the year for BYU far and away. So much fun to watch you guys. There's so many incredible athletes on that team. And, and although you guys lost in the national championship, I mean, no one likes to lose. Fans don't like to watch their team lose. But it was that feeling of even though you guys lost, like, man, that was so dang cool. Like even just watching that, yeah. you know, just you guys competed to the very, very end. So I know how I felt as a fan. What was that like for you? being in the national championship, even though you guys fell a little short. Yeah. Um, making it, making it there in itself was like a huge accomplishment. And I, I think going into that game right after we beat Santa Clara in the semifinals, um, we beat them in PKs. And I think we were just kind of on a high, you know, like finally we got past uh, Santa Clara on their home field, which technically shouldn't have been their home field, but it was, you know, and, so we got past a, a very tough opponent um, in a in a hard location, and and we were playing for the national championship, which was, like I said, the lofty goal that we had set from the beginning of the season. And so it was kind of like a just just back to that gratitude that I mentioned before. We were just grateful and very excited to be in that situation from the beginning. And then, but we we weren't. I wouldn't say we were just happy to be there because we definitely went into that game expecting to win and wanting mm-hmm. to win and cap off our season with with that final accomplishment but um just just being able to achieve making it there with with my teammates I mean it was just so special and the bond that we had and to see the effort and fight that everybody had I mean it was it sounds cliche but it really was just a really special and unique team that I had been a part of and um I think that we were able to to grow in a lot of ways other than just just on the field. And so that's kind of what I take away from it and what I was thankful for. And and like you said, it was it was a bummer to lose, but it was just really fun and special thing to be a part of. Mm, I love it. Well, you were top door soccer's national player of the year, one of the best midfielders in the country, WCC offensive player of the year and midfielder of the year. I think it's safe to say, Michaela, you were an incredible athlete that made her mark on BYU forever. So I, for some athletes, their main motivation is to be the best. For some, they do it for family members. What would you say is the main motivation behind everything you do athletically? Uh, yeah, I think there's probably a variety of things that go into that. Um, but everybody definitely has their why. And I would say that mine is... Uh, the relationships that I develop off the field, you know, the, it's something special being able to be in those environments and situations with teammates and coaches and other staff members. And you're able to develop relationships off the field because of those situations that you're put on, put in on the field. And it's just, it's just really fun. I mean, I leave BYU now and I, I look back and I have all these strong relationships with people and it's not because 
I was on the field with them, but it's because of what we went through together. And, and that, that's definitely one of my top reasons. And then my family for sure as well. And it's really fun to see all them cheering for me in the stands every game and supporting me (laughs) on the road as well. I mean, I have the best support support system and, and mentors and people in my family that I look up to and, and do it for. So. Well, speaking of those relationships, you've played with some of the same girls for four to five years now, and I'm sure you got close to coaches and staff members. When you think about playing soccer without them, what are your feelings like now that you've moved on? Sad. I mean, it was, it was sad. <laughs> like just seeing it all come to an end. I mean, even once we just got into the tournament and I, I knew that it was kind of a winner go home situation. And even if we did continue winning, it wasn't going to be very long before I was done anyways. And, and so it, it started getting sad, but it, it makes you appreciate everything more. And um, now that I'm in a different environment with different people, I mean, starting from square one again, it's, it just goes to show how, um, how lucky you were to have things the way they were and, and how, how much I enjoyed those things when sometimes you don't realize it at the time until you're, mm-hmm. until you don't have it anymore, you know, but um, I mean, I'm obviously excited for my new opportunity and my new phase of life, but, but my time at BYU, I think will probably be unmatched. I, I don't think that I can top those experiences and, and relationships that I had. Jen Rockwood, I feel like, is a legend in in women's college soccer. What role has Coach Rockwood played in your development as a soccer player throughout the five years you were there? Yeah, Jen is uh, about as good as it gets. I think that there's – I really do feel like there's not enough good things I can say about her. Um, She she inspired me in so many ways and and helped me become the best version of myself. and I always say, whenever I'm asked about Jen, I always say she's a great coach and, and taught me a lot on the field, but even more so, she influenced my life off the field and, and helped me, you know, grow as a person and develop in, in my adulting years and stuff. So she definitely is, is just very inspirational. Um, but as far as soccer, you know, she had a huge impact. She, I'll never forget, right when I got to BYU, she's like, She's like, okay, Kayla, now that you're in college, you got to play defense. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay. Like, I guess, I guess I'll uh, learn how to play defense because I was always kind of a lazy defender growing up. I did all the offensive work, but I didn't want to get back. So um, mm-hmm. she definitely shaped me to be the player that I am and, and taught me more than any coach has. And, and I just am very grateful for the time that I had with her. So cool. And now you're hanging out in Orlando, Florida. You recently got called up to the U23 national team cap and then drafted to the Orlando pride. What's that transition been like for you? Cause you mentioned now you're starting at square one. What's that like for you? Yeah, it's just, it's, it's really exciting because um, you get to a point in your career where, you know, you're ready for the next step. You're ready for the next level of competition. And um, so now that I'm here, I'm just excited and, and ready to grow even more and learn as much as I can because it is a whole nother level. And I mean, I'm show up to practice every day with Marta, who's obviously the best in the world or has played in um, at the very highest level for as long as anybody has. And um, so I'm just, I'm able to learn a lot. I'm super excited for that. And I think it will just take a lot of 
a lot of time to grow and a lot of work to, um, you know, learn from the best that are there and, and you show up every day and it's, uh, it's a different environment because everybody's, everybody's there because it's their job and they, they want to become the best, (laughs) you know? So it's, it's not, everybody does it for fun still, and it's still enjoyable and it's exciting, but it's, it's a business. So, so people are there to, to make you tougher. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, mentally, physically, emotionally, I'm sure all of that too. It's, it's got to be completely different for you. And well, we're all rooting for you and national girls and women in sports day was this week. What woman Kaylee would you say has been your biggest inspiration when it comes to what you've been able to accomplish? Oh, that, that is a tough question. Um, I feel like I've looked up to so many women for so many different reasons, but I, I don't think anybody can top the influence that I've had or the the person that I've been influenced by the most would definitely be my mom. And, and whether that's sports related or not, that I just don't Mm -hmm. think anybody will ever have a bigger influence in my life and, um, and everything that she's taught me and she's helped me grow as a person, as well as a player, even, even if she didn't play uh, soccer, (laughs) she's, she's taught me more than, more than she would think. So I would definitely say my mom. Mm -hmm. Mm, I love that. Nothing, nothing can top a mama in my, in my opinion. <laughs> Michaela They're Kugel pretty and Clef, Women's. <laughs> yes, they are. Michaela Kugel and Clef. Wow. Why does that sound so cool coming off my tongue? Uh, BYU Women's <laughs> Soccer Midfielder and member of the Orlando Pride. Kayla, thank you so much for coming on with me and taking the time, my friend. Yeah, it was fun. Thanks for having me. All right, coming up, we'll get an inside look into the Winter Games as BYU TV's senior post-production specialist Lex Konishi joins us from Beijing, China. Don't go anywhere. This is Cougar Tailgate. Welcome back to Cougar Tailgate. I'm Lauren McLean. The 2022 Winter Games in Beijing, China started this week. And there aren't just athletes gathered from all around the world, but also those who are behind the scenes. Joining me now is BYU TV's senior post-production specialist, Lex Konishi, who's currently in Beijing doing graphics for ski and snowboard cross, along with ski and snowboard slope style events for the 2022 Winter Games. Thanks for arranging your crazy schedule to come on with me, Lex. Uh, My pleasure, Lauren. Thanks for having me. Okay, so when, when did you actually arrive in China? I think I arrived on like really early on uh, the 28th, if I remember correctly. So it was something <laughs> just shy of 30 hours on a plane. So, oh, so is this, has this your first time in China? First time in China. Uh, yes. Okay. So for those of us who have never been to Beijing, China, which is probably the majority of us, how would you describe what it's like there? Well, uh, that's a tough question just because, um, number one, we're here under the auspices of the Olympics. And so uh, the experience is always kind of different just because we have this different access to um, the host city that we that, that most people don't really do. Um, on top of that, there are a ton of COVID proce- procedures and protocols that we have to follow. So um, I was in Beijing for two days. Um, for training at the IBC and I saw the inside of my hotel room and the inside of the IBC and and what I could see of downtown from a bus so 
Um, <laughs> it's like I said, it's a little bit, a little bit different. Um, so, uh, and and currently where we are, we're about. Uh, it's supposed to be about a two-hour drive, but it ends up being about a three or four-hour bus ride from Beijing. Um, that far north so it's like the distance between salt lake day? and logan no 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 wow. we we actually we're actually staying right up here on the hill so it's okay think of this as the as a as a big ski resort with hotels that are right on site so and that's where we're staying so you're you're kind of in a bubble there which makes sense but i'm i'm sure they have to feed you and i'm i'm assuming it's probably native chinese food i don't know i i love different types of food from the, around the so. world i wouldn't I wouldn't call myself an adventurous eater by any means, but I appreciate those who are. So what's the most interesting thing that you've eaten so far since you've been there? Um, I've played it pretty safe. Um, the It's not necessarily <laughs> what I've eaten, it's when I've eaten it, right? And so uh, the uh, the meals that we're catered to uh, from, for breakfast, we get um, uh, basically... Like you go to a restaurant and, and and order a Chinese Chinese meal at a Chinese restaurant uh, back home. That's what we're eating for breakfast too. We have noodles and and dumplings <laughs> and um, oh, I take that back. There's one interesting dish that was served. Uh, they have chicken sausage uh, for breakfast, which was kind of interesting. Um, they, it looks like it looks like bread, but it's it's just white meat that's sausage sausage fried. If that makes any sense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that would definitely take some getting used to <laughs> for yeah. me. Are are you in the same place as the athletes, or is the crew um, that's working on the production in a different spot? Um, no, we are not in the, in the same bubble as the athletes. In fact, we have pretty strict protocols to keep um, some pretty specific distances from the athletes to avoid any sort of exposure to the athletes. They, I think, I think um, most federations, you know. Um, agree to big competitions like this based on the safety of their athletes first and foremost and so that that's like that's a uh, rule number one in all these competitions no matter where we go whether it's the olympics or any other international competition they really kind of isolate the athletes from everybody else and quite frankly normally um in all the other olympics i've been to non-covid related we didn't really have a ton of access to the athletes either so um so we're we're very much separated from them and uh, as near as I can tell, uh, most of the OBS crews that we that uh, we interact with uh, are that are in our same bubble. We're in, in, we're in this you know fairly close to each other, but there's there's still a ton of isolation that's happening. Mm, that's crazy. It makes sense though. So you got to cover some quick paced, yeah. exciting events with the ski and snowboard cross and slope style events. How were you picked to do those specific events? So the way it works with OBS is uh, they have team leaders that are basically in charge of establishing who their who their crew is, uh, and uh, our our team leader is is Nate Hill. He's a he's a California born but a BYU alum that has that is that has lived in Utah um, most of his adult life. Um, he owns a company in in Provo called JTV, uh, a small production company. Um, and uh, he's our team leader, and um, basically for this Olympics, uh, any any associations because we had a, we had a bunch of crew members have to back out last second because they tested positive for COVID and they couldn't even get in the oh, country. Man. They couldn't even they couldn't even leave the country actually. They couldn't even leave the states. So um, 
this one's a little bit different, but normally he picks the best of the best of, of, of all his acquaintances and all the, and of all his goings on and, and, uh, and, um, tries to stack his crew as much as possible. Um, and so, uh, that's, that's how we get on the crew and then how he, how he's assigned to, uh, a venue or a sport, um, is very much, they have a, they have a, group of coordinating producers that are in charge of uh, overall venues um, and uh, disciplines and um, he's been doing this for a very long time and so he's just developed a reputation um, this particular event uh, uh, is potentially going to have a lot of eyeballs on it and so they, they generally assign stuff to um, crews that are or team leaders that they have a lot of confidence in if that makes sense Yes, well, that's flattering to you because I was watching some some highlights of of those events, and they are awesome. So I know a ton of people are going to be yeah. watching those. I, I I'm assuming you're extremely busy. You've been there a little under a week. There's a ton of protocols in place, like you said. You're in a bubble, but what does a typical day look like for you so far? Uh, well, we actually I haven't even gone into the typical days. This has all been set up and and uh, and and testing that we've been doing for the last week. Um, some of these guys have been here more than longer than me. I did my first two days of, uh, of in 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 country in the IBC in Beijing for training um, on on the new the OBS just changed to new graphic systems and so they usually they usually bring me in for a couple of days of training regardless. But this was particularly important. Um, so I spent the first two days in, in Beijing um, and then took the train up here. Um, and basically have been spending the last three or four days setting up, you know, my workstation and getting all the, the workflows down, meeting all the people I need to interact with and, and talking to while everyone else has been setting up cameras. The slope style, the first event that we're doing has 35 cameras on it. So there's a ton of equipment that's getting driven up the hill on, on the, on the mountain. Um, and, you know, um, uh, put in place and, and, we're dealing with with very much sub-zero temperatures, and they're and they're having to constantly fight the elements in terms of getting those 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 pieces of equipment working and functioning correctly. So, BYU TV is a wonderful place, as you and I both know, one of the best of its kind in the country. <laughs> but I'm sure covering the winter games is a whole different beast. So, what would you say is one of the biggest differences between the live events from the games versus like the ones you do for BYU TV? Uh, in my role or just in general? Yeah, just in general. I mean, I mean, you mentioned there are, uh, you know, like dozens of cameras, which is different <laughs> for for starters of what we do at BYU TV. But what are some of the other differences? I don't know. We've had we've had some football games have had you know almost as many uh, as many cameras on it. <laughs> yeah, comparing <laughs> it to true. BYU TV is not necessarily fair, but comparing it to the rest of the world, uh, the rest of the of uh, the of broadcasting in U in the United States is, is it's vastly different. You know, they they generally um, companies are rolling out new equipment at the games, um, like Panasonic and and Sony. They they generally are are uh, you know field testing a lot of brand new equipment and the best of the best kind of stuff and. And, uh, um, you know, it's, um, BYU members of BYU, the BYU team that are here, they generally use this as, um, 
you know, market research for what's what's on, what's on the bleeding edge of technology. Um, so mm. comparing comparing that, the biggest difference between that and, and normal television in the states is um, they they want the best broadcast you know on the planet or the best athletes in the world and that's what they that's what they that's what they aim to do and so um it just has a completely different feel to it just because you know they they've already planned months and months and months in advance for having um all these you know intricate plans and complex plans of how to deliver these games to to the world so i don't know if that makes Lex, sense you've done yeah, it does. It does. It's incredible. And and you've done graphics for the games for a number of years now and, and traveled all around the world. What would you say has been your favorite place that you've been able to go to? Well, theoretically, it would have been the last Summer Olympics in, in Tokyo because my family's Japanese and uh, my wife speaks Japanese and uh, uh uh, I have family in Tokyo that uh, we should have been should have been phenomenal, but COVID has really kind of just put a damper on all of it. it, it it's because you're basically grounded for the time that you're here, <laughs> you know, and you know you've been a bad boy, so you have to stay in your hotel room kind of thing. Um, but um, that said, uh, Tokyo was still an amazing experience despite COVID, um, and it was fun. But if I were to, to pick my favorite, uh, my first games were uh, in Rio. Um, and uh, that will always hold a special place in my heart just because I had an amazing experience and just kind of you know, immersed myself in the Brazilian culture and and went to famous places like Ipanema and, and Copacabana beaches and and saw some amazing things. And, and yeah, it was, you know, you get to you get to experience stuff like that all the time, no matter which games you are. But the, I think your first always kind of holds a special place in your heart, no matter where where it is. Absolutely, I think that's so cool. And hopefully, this COVID thing is on the downhill slide, so you can actually get to explore some of these incredible places like Beijing, China. BYU TV's senior post production specialist Lex Konishi, who is currently in Beijing, China, covering the Winter Games, is with me now. Lex, thank you so much for taking the time, and I will let you go get some sleep, my friend. <laughs> uh, thanks, Lauren. It was an honor being on your show. Appreciate it. And that does it for us today. Thanks again to Michaela Coulihan Clough and Lex Konishi for coming on the show with me. You can join the Cougar Tailgate virtually, of course, every Saturday at noon Mountain Time, or download, rate, and review our podcast on Apple, TuneIn, Stitcher, Spotify, or on BYURadio.org. This is Cougar Tailgate. <laughs>